just as I am. Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And Welcome back to another study of the problem of evil. In our last episode, we were talking about finding a purpose in suffering. And one of my conclusions is that sovereign individuals cannot reach their full potential without a degree of suffering. Paul teaches this in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So when I go through a difficult time, endurance comes as a result, character is built through enduring that difficult time, and hope, hope is kindled in times of suffering. It's my belief that God introduced suffering into the world for our good, and I think in that we can find a purpose in suffering. Now, you might remember that I used some examples of of people suffering in order to reach their full potential. I cited examples like athletes or men and women who are training to become Navy SEALs or high-altitude mountain climbers. All of these would be examples of people pushing their bodies to the limits in various ways in order to achieve their ultimate goal. So, we understand intuitively that in order to reach our full potential, we have to suffer. There have to be sacrifices made in order to become all who we can be. But sometimes we suffer in life not because of choices we've made, and it's difficult to sort out why we are going through this tough time. Why is God allowing these bad things to happen to me? I'm a victim. Why is God allowing these bad things to happen? Well, I think the first question we have to ask ourselves as we, as we contemplate this is, am I certain that the, the difficult time I'm going through is not of my own making? We may not choose to suffer, but our choice to sin will lead to suffering. That is something the Bible makes quite clear. It's a lesson we take away from the garden. When we choose to sin, suffering comes as a result. And the Bible describes this as what I'll call the law of sowing and reaping. It's what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You cannot pull the wool over God's eyes. You cannot fool God. God will not be mocked. If you do wrong, there will be consequences that come from doing wrong. Now, some people interpret Paul's words as representing the doctrine of karma. But karma is when random bad things happen to bad people. What Paul is talking about is the law of cause and effect, consequences that tie directly back to sin. You have the cause, sin, and the effect, consequence. If I plant an acorn, I'm going to get an oak tree. If I plant a tomato seed, I'm going to get a tomato plant. 
That's the analogy that's being used. Whatever I plant, that I will also reap. So there's a consequence that is tied directly to sin. And this is what we learned back in the garden. Moral evil led to the introduction of natural evil. So there are times when we suffer because we've made mistakes, we've committed sins, and we're suffering the consequences for those sins. So there are times of trial that are, quite frankly, of our own making. We may not have chosen to suffer, but we may have chosen to sin, and that sin has led to suffering. And that should remind us of what God teaches us in the garden. God does not interfere with the operation of human free will. Where was he when Adam and Eve were being tempted? He was nowhere to be found. He didn't show up until afterwards. God gives us the freedom to choose and will not interfere with our individual sovereignty. And this applies even when I'm a good person. Even if I am a good person, God will not prevent me from committing a sin, nor does he promise to remove the consequence for that sin. So just because I'm a good person does not mean I will avoid bad times or times of trial, because even the best of us make mistakes. Even the best of us commit sins, and there are consequences for those sins. So the first question I need to ask myself if I'm going through a time of trial is, Am I in this predicament, this time of trial, because I did something wrong? Now, I want to caution all of us for just a moment. In the story of Job, we see a very clear warning. All of Job's friends assumed he was going through a tough time because of his own unrighteousness, that he was hiding some sin and that's why he was stricken with boils. That's why his children died in a terrible windstorm. That's why his wealth was robbed. So it's easy, standing apart from a person, to look at their life and to jump to the conclusion that, yeah, they're suffering because they've done some dumb things. This question is always best to be answered by the one who's enduring the difficult time. Am I in this predicament because I did something wrong? If the answer to that question is yes, then figure out what that thing is that you've done wrong, repent of it, and ask God to give you strength to endure the consequences. But if you've examined your life and you see no reason, no reason why this, this time of suffering, this time of pain, this time of trial is happening, then I would go to question number two. Am I suffering because of what someone else has done to me? In the last episode, I brought up again the Epicurean paradox. Is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. Is he able but not willing? Then he is malevolent, and so on and so forth. Now, as I mentioned in that episode, I believe God is able to prevent evil, but is not always willing to do so. And as I've just talked about a couple of minutes ago, one reason he doesn't intercede is because God will not interfere with human free will. He doesn't interfere with my free will, and he doesn't interfere with the free will of others who might harm me. The freedom God gives me to chart my own course is the same freedom he gives to others to do with as they will even if their choices inflict harm on innocent victims. And we can see this all throughout the Bible. A number of examples come to mind. 
You might recall the wicked king Ahab and his uh, queen Jezebel, who hunted down and executed the prophets of God during the time of Elijah. In the New Testament, Jesus talks about Pilate executing Galileans while they worshiped God. You might remember James chapter 5 verses 1 through 6 when the elder James rebukes rich people for not uh, paying their laborers the wages that were agreed upon. They, they held back those wages and did not pay people what they deserved. And James comes down very hard on them and condemns them for this. So we see examples of, of victims in the Bible when the free will choices of others inflicts harm on me or on you. And of course, the ultimate example of this is Christ dying on the cross. Jesus was falsely accused of fomenting rebellion. The Jewish leadership pressured Pilate to execute him. Jesus suffered for our sins and not for his own. In all of these examples, we see God allowing people the freedom to choose. And in doing so, they inflicted real harm and in some cases committed terrible atrocities. So good people suffer bad things because of human malevolence. But what if my suffering appears to have no cause? I've done nothing wrong and, and others have not done anything wrong to me. Well, remember that Adam's sin introduced suffering and death into the human experience. And God says that unanticipated trials are just a part of life. James in James chapter 1 verse 2 talks about when we fall into various trials, we fall into them. We didn't plan for these things to happen, and it's inevitable. This is just a part of being human. But still, those times of suffering can help us to grow. It's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It produces endurance, character, and hope. James agrees. James chapter 1, verse number 3, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. And quite frankly, it's not unusual that things happen way outside the bounds of our control. Job's children were killed in a terrible windstorm. A tower of Siloam fell and killed 18 people, according to Jesus. And Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, that time and chance happen to us all, that bad things happen way beyond our control without us expecting, without any sort of planning whatsoever. It's possible to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So in those moments where we can find no reason why we are suffering, let's remember that suffering is present because sin is in the world. And that's still an opportunity for us to grow in endurance, in character, and in hope. As I draw this to a close, I'd just like to remind us that there is a purpose in all this. That God does have a purpose in subjecting us to suffering. Eternity is a part of the Bible's solution to the problem of evil. This is Paul's point in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 30. We don't have time to read those verses, so let's just take away a few nuggets. One of the points Paul makes is that suffering does not last forever, that there's something far better that awaits. He also talks about how suffering gives us reason to hope. Hope is that confident assurance that a better future awaits, and that better future is far more tantalizing because of the bad things we've had to endure while living here in this world. 
And finally, suffering plays a role in shaping us into the image of Jesus Christ. And this, my friends, is God's ultimate purpose for our lives. He wants us to look more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.